You're listening to the Sparrows and Wildflowers podcast. Stories of faith, love, life, loss, and eternity. This is episode number nine of Sparrows and Wildflowers, and I'm confident you're going to love this interview. First up, if you'd like to chat about anything you've heard on the podcast, or if you have a suggestion as to someone I can interview, maybe you even feel led to share your own story, then just send me an email to rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, at victoryonemedia, all spelled out, dot com. This episode, I chat to Agnes Aggie Palu. The interview has both the most laughs and the most tears of any episode to date. Aggie was raised in Crow's Nest in Sydney, and she opens up about her Tongan culture, representing Australia in not one but two sports, her successful career in sales, and then also about difficulties and challenges in life, including beginning drugs from the age of 11. Aggie's story of how she eventually met Jesus is one not to be missed, and the relationships she's formed, the study, and the youth work that she's done since are truly inspiring. So here's my conversation with Aggie Palu. My name's Aggie. Um, it is, yeah, uh, it's a pretty cool name. Rhymes with a lot of great words like saggy, daggy, <laughs> faggy. Pretty cool. But um, yeah, I'm um, 35. I just turned 35 the other week, which is pretty cool. And um, I was born at Royal Nostra Hospital and grew up in Crow's Nest. I have uh, three brothers, three sisters, and about 20 nieces and nephews now. I have wow. a mum and a dad as well, which is pretty cool. <laughs> no, no, they're amazing. So, yeah. And where do you sit in the order of siblings? I'm number six. So oh, second right. youngest. Yeah. Probably smartest, coolest, funniest as well. But no, no. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> and what are some of your early memories? Um, Probably... Just, oh, like having lots of fun with my siblings, taking off on my bike and riding it around the block and then coming home and getting in trouble, <laughs> but also um, having a lot of disagreements with my siblings, which is lots of fun. Oh. And um, which is, yeah, pretty funny. Over eating, TV, you know, when you didn't have remotes and whoever was the youngest in the room had to go and change the channel. Like you had to get up and actually, <laughs> you know, turn that knob on the TV and... Um, yeah, beach, love the beach because we grew up in Craziness. We kind of grew up at like Clifton Gardens, which is down Mossman Way, near Balmoral and that as well. Beautiful. So, yeah, lots of good memories. Lots of crazy ones as well. Pretty, uh, yeah, full-on ones, but uh, yeah, might save that for later. And is there like an early memory, maybe a first memory or one that stands out for you of God or of, of religion or anything? Yeah, um... So, yeah, we grew up, like, you know, we always, like, in my house, like, every day, everyone was called for prayer, you know, pray before you eat, like, pray before you sleep, but also called together as a family. So, in Tongan, it's called, because my background nationality is Tongan, um, whenever your parents or, like, someone older would be, like, family, you knew you had to come in and everyone would sit around and either sing one or two hymns and there'd be a Bible reading and then you'd have to do a quiz. Like, and if you didn't get it right, you got it hiding. Really? No, not like a literal writing quiz, but if you didn't answer the questions right, like yeah. you're kind of condemned for not listening. Okay. But, um, yeah, we also, my first three years of schooling, first three or four was in 
a Catholic school, uh-huh. like primary school, just up the road in St. Leonard's. So, yeah, I think they're my first things of, yeah, kind of maybe experiencing God or, yeah. Okay. And so yeah, you mentioned your background is Tongan. Yep. Can you talk about the other ways in which that sort of shaped your experience and, and who you are? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Tongans are known as uh, the f- friendly friendly people from the Friendly Islands. Um, my first experience of Tonga was in 93 when I went there. And um, it was weird. obviously growing up here in Australia. And when we went there on a Sunday... All the shops were closed, and they said that like on because Sunday Sabbath day, and so like you couldn't do anything on a Sunday. You couldn't even buy bread. I'd like, I think maybe, oh actually bread was probably the only thing you could buy, bread and butter. Mm. Whereas everything else for the Sunday was prepped, like prior to that. And so I realised our culture as um, friendly and as funny and as you know and joyful and loyal. You know, there's also behind the scenes like there's a lot of like um i guess legalism mm-hmm. religiosity uh a lot of conforming competition like that could be normal like in most societies but mm. there was a lot of um just making sure that you're ahead of the game but at the same time making sure that your image in the community was more important than what was happening in the family. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more about the outer appearance yeah. being yeah. intact. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's had, a, I guess, um, for myself, it's had a big, um, used to frustrate me a lot because, so if you're a Pacific Island and you're listening to this, like, you know that your parents prioritise, you know, like I love church now. But they prioritise church, so all your money, you know, would go to the church. So therefore, everyone at church knew how much you gave. Mm. But yet at home, you're living on, like, bread and butter. Um, and, you know, the bills are coming in saying overdue, overdue. So, you mm. know, um, I guess growing up and, you know, um, in our culture, there's a lot of hidden abuse, like, you know, physical Mm. verbal sexual you name it like it's pretty much all there and so that plus i guess legalism you know um religiosity kind of when you get to a point of um i guess knowing who god is and what he's actually like changes your whole thought on oh wow actually my tongan culture isn't right you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, when you grow up and you think, oh, yeah, yeah, this is how my family does it. And then when you broaden your horizon and you think, what? Oh, wow. People do, do it differently. Yeah. What? People do what? Yeah. You can do that? And you're mm. like, wow. And so there's like sense of, you know, freedom, just knowing that you don't have to, you know, give everything to one place just to maintain, maintain your outer image. And... Yeah, I don't know if I'm making sense, but yeah, no, it's a really interesting <laughs> reflection. Yeah, yeah. So. and so with the school part of your yeah. childhood, can you talk about school? School was uh, lots of fun. Mm. Um, I definitely was a challenge for my teachers, <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, I probably don't have any regrets because I don't remember much. But um, 
yeah, started a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the first times I got in trouble was when um, I went up for communion too many times. Apparently, <laughs> you weren't allowed to go more than once. <laughs> um, but all I remember is being told that, you know, like, you can't go seven, eight times. And I was just like, oh, no one told me. Because <laughs> I didn't grow up in, like, in a Catholic background. So I was like, oh, oh well, that's okay. Now I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, got in trouble a fair bit. But in kindergarten, I remember fairy bread, which is oh, lots yeah. of fun. And it was good. <laughs> and um, Did they teach you fractions using it? I remember doing oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, who knows if I understood it? Because what I realised, this is funny, Rach, my, um, so my parents, because they came to, to Australia, I think in 76 or something, mm-hmm. and their English wasn't too great. So at home, I remember growing up, like we speak Tongan, read Tongan, write Tongan. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, hold on, if you guys don't speak English, how did I learn English? Mum was like, oh, we just sent you to school. And I was like, my poor kindergarten teacher. Oh, she wow. would have not learnt that in uni that you had to teach English, like, you know, wow. to your kids. So Yeah, in a place that. like Crow's Nest yeah, as well. Yeah. They wouldn't uh, exactly. be that familiar with that. Exactly. So, yeah, and there wasn't very many islanders at all growing up there. So Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Eh? How slack is that? Poor teacher. <laughs> and then after that, we went to North Sydney Dem. Mm-hmm. And so that was primary school years. And, um, yeah, that was pretty rough going from, like, a smaller Catholic school to a bigger school and was bullied for different reasons. Okay. Um, you know, obviously being different, being the only, you know, kid with the best tan in school <laughs> kind of, you know, people didn't like that. But, okay. yeah, there were different, lots of different reasons. And, yeah. And then after that, yeah, we all, my siblings and I ended up at... um. Chatswood High, which is pretty cool, like lots mm. of fun and yeah, probably not good stuff, but it came out good in the end, Rach, like ended up becoming head prefect and Oh wow. Yeah. Whereas prior to that, um I held the records for detentions and suspensions. And uh yeah, would like to test my teachers out, so it's pretty slack. Because <laughs> I was real like immature back in the day. Because I'm mature now. No, no, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, became head prefect. Um, year 12, also got to represent Australia in two two sports. Wow. So one was shot and discus and one was silver overseas. And then I was one of the youngest for playing league, which was awesome. Wow. It was good. And was it the sport that sort of turned you around from the rebellion? Yeah, it definitely. Was? Yeah. Definitely, because, like, in years... Seven to ten. Mm. Um, anytime, like I got in trouble, and when they threatened, they're like, "That's it, you're not allowed to go to this sport." I'd be like, "What?" Because mm-hmm. I'd make, like, you know, I for me it was easy making it to state level. Yeah. You know, like I just, you know, like it didn't matter what sport it was, like, you know, touch. I remember hockey as well. Did that like any sport, but I loved every single sport. Like, didn't matter what it was, you just go hard at it and. Yeah, wow. so as soon as they threatened, they were like, you can't represent the school. I was like, okay, I'll behave. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. Can we talk a bit about the sport? Did you continue that on from after school? I did, actually. Did, I did because yeah. um, I just started league in year 12. And then and I was 16 because I started school early. Okay. And so, I mean, I failed academically, you know, but for me, I was like, oh, 
it's okay. I can socialise with people. Um, yeah, like love sports. So then after that, yeah, I continued on playing rugby and yeah, got to um, yeah national levels, like state levels, like lots of fun, hard work, mm. training and stuff. But it's all worth it and it's good. Like make a lot of friendships and yeah, met a lot of cool people as well. So yeah, yeah. that was like way back when I was like yeah from the age of 16 and when did you finish up with sport um well every time I study like I stop okay just to focus on study mm-hmm. but yeah I'm, I might get last time I played a game was probably last year so yeah every now and then you just you know when people are like no no you can do it and you're like no 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 because I can't picture myself going around in crutches at uni <laughs> you know or work yeah it's not the best you know Okay, so, so yeah. it's not ever kind of been your number one priority. Nah, not no. a, yeah, not anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, and you did go on to work in sales, I believe. I did, yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, when I left school, I started studying at Meadowbank TAFE, and so I started doing. Um, I did like sports coaching, and fitness instruction, which is pretty funny. Our whole class like would go and study, and then we'd all go to the pub after. <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Like, hey, fitness instructors, this is how not to do it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, did started a diploma in health science. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was lots of fun because I love anatomy and physiology. Mm-hmm. Just love anything about, yeah, human anatomy, which is great. Um, but then, yeah, halfway out to pull out just to help at home. Um, so I got a job in sales, which I reckon kind of boosted... Um, I guess my confidence in talking to people, meeting people, and mm-hmm. yeah, made a lot of money out of it, but did a lot of stupid things with that money. Right. Um, yeah, so, because I mean, yeah, back in high school, that's when I first started with drugs, but um, yeah, you know, could sex, drugs, alcohol, you name it, anything. And then when, so when I started working, because I could support myself, mm. you know, started to get into yeah bad habits but I still work pretty hard work hard party hard mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty silly stuff but yeah because I probably could have owned a house by now reach but you know learn a lot which yeah is good. so yeah I mean learn a lot of skills teamwork team leading I got to travel around Australia as well leading teams and I was only like 18 19 yeah 20 wow because I was there I did door knocking for like four and a half years okay crazy yeah yeah they don't seem to do that as much anymore yeah that's I'd like i don't think it works it's as effective i guess there's the whole online world now, yeah yeah so. yeah and then all the creeps out there you're like who's at the door i don't know yeah, some weirdo bit more suspicious yeah 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 but i reckon we were in our element back then because um we had um that's when optus like cable TV first came out mm-hmm. and everyone wanted it. Is so, that what you were selling? Yeah. Yeah. So imagine like, you know, like a product that's just come out, mm-hmm. you know, something new like technology and no one's had it before. Mm. So everyone was wanting it. So you just say, yes, that's why. So yeah, it's good fun. And was there a point somewhere in there or after that that you became like faith in Jesus became something real for you? Yeah. Um, so wasn't until I guess 2000 and 
end of 2006. Mm-hmm. So even though I was in sales, you know, enjoyed work, made lots of money, was playing, still playing rugby and stuff and, you know, partying pretty hard, like life was amazing. Like, you know, used to do anything and everything that I wanted. and But there was always like a, um, I guess for me, whatever day I'd sobered up because I used to party every day. Mm-hmm. Um, there was always this emptiness. Like there was like, oh, you know, what is that? And like, I'd be like, oh, can't drink anymore. Next week I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And you'd end up in this pattern. So I was doing that for years. Like, um, I think, so I started drugs when I was 11. Wow. And then um, first experiment, that's when I started year seven. Mm-hmm. And then all throughout high school till maybe year 10, went hard out. Don't really, yeah, it was probably just a pain to everyone. And But that's because I was going through a lot of things, like had experienced a fair bit of abuse and, you know, in different, many different areas. And that was from an even younger age. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you try and hide your pain um, and what you're feeling mm-hmm. through, you know, diff- different avenues. So... Um, what I what I, I guess what I'm getting at is it wasn't so from age of 11 to like 26 just crazy years lots of things have happened you know I've had relationships with guys girls you know chucking drugs chucking whatever you can do to try and fit in that hole that's in your heart and um, I remember I, I went out on a Thursday and I came back on a Sunday eventually I'd moved back home that was like my last option mm. after kind of trying to, you know, isolate myself from all my family. And my younger sister, um, she was like, you know, what, do you want to come to church? And I was like, oh, not really. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, is it a Tongan church or is it like an English church? She's like, no, 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 it's English. It's really cool. Like, you know, so I remember going and I was just like, oh, wow, these guys are amazing. Like, And then the funniest thing was, because um, everyone was so happy, Rach. Like, I was like, this church must give out drugs. <laughs> I was like, look how happy everyone is. Like, I could tell. Like, and I was like, I can't believe it. Like, it's a church that gives out drugs because dead set, people can't be that happy. Like, it can't be, they can't be genuinely that happy. Like, you know, so I was just like, can't believe it. Like, this is the church. Like, you know, but then... um yeah, so I'd like, since that, like, um, earlier, just before September, I'd made a deal with God. I was like, all right, God, you know, if we make it to the grand final, I'm, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to church that Sunday. Oh. And we played our grand final on Saturday. We lost. Uh, and, but you um, made it. Yeah, <laughs> but we made it. And so I was like, no, I've got to keep my end of the deal. Like, so it's funny, like, so you can imagine, you know, all your rugby mates, there you are, parting hard out. And, um, you know, you've got, you know, everything and anything. Like, you just, you prepped, you know, you're partying for this whole, you know, this night. And I was like, oh, 12 o'clock, I've got to go home. Like, and everyone's like, what? <laughs> you can't go, Aggie, man. You're like, you know, you're our leader, rah, 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 this and that. And I was like, no, I've got to go home. They're like, why? I said, because I've got church. I'm going to go to church and then I'll come back after. <laughs> and they're like, you're stupid, man. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, and I, I you know, I did have a few drinks, but, you know, I'd um I'd call my mum. My mum was like, "What? You want to come home?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I just want to come home. I'm going to go to church, and then I'll come back." You know, these guys will still be here. And so my friends thought I was like, had gone nuts. 
<laughs> but yeah, then September 2006, that night, like I walked into church, mm. and um, yeah, the preacher up the front was just like, you know, you down the back with your hair, and I was just like, huh? And he's like, yeah, don't turn around. I'm talking to you. Yeah, he's like, God's gonna change your life. You're gonna see, like, you know, he's gonna do a 180. Everything you know now, you're no longer gonna know, and he's gonna show you, like, you know, the purpose that he's had for your life this whole time. And I was just like, oh, mate, okay. I don't know what you're going on about. Like, because I had no idea. Mm. You know, I had no idea what it was on about. And then, yeah, all I remember is at the end of the night, just walking up towards the front, you know, bawling my eyes. And I was like, what are you doing? You don't know anyone here. You're crying. And, <laughs> you know, you don't know anyone here. And I think the biggest thing that spun me outraged was like, um, while he was talking. So imagine like us, we're talking now. And we're conversating, but all your questions, like, you're asking me questions, but I'm answering you in my thoughts. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you ask me questions, and I'm not talking, but I'm just, I'm in my thoughts. And he's answering me, and he's like, like God says, and I was like, what the heck is going on? So I'm you're like, thinking a question, and he's sort Yeah, of he's answering it. me. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, so I'm spinning out because... I'm in a church. I haven't been to church in years, mm. you know. Um, and my thoughts are being answered by some random guy who doesn't know me, yet he's telling me my life story, mm. you know. He's like, God's seen everything that's happened, you mm. know. And that night when they, he preached about Jabez, who's, um, you know, a guy in the Bible who's named Payne, mm. and that label was put on him, and I was just like, far out. This is my story, like, you know. Um and then he said, God says, will you trust him? And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, and all that whole time I could feel all this pain welling up inside. And um, he was like, God says, will you trust him? I was like, no, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm sick of it. Like, I'm sick of it. Like, I don't care that, you know, that I'm 26 and, um, you know, I'm just sick of being let down in life. Like, you know, everyone who's supposed to love me and care about me, like, has let me down so why should I why should I let God back you know why should I let him into my heart if I've been disappointed mm. and I just remember like standing there I'm sulking like you know weeping like just like nah you know why Why do people like why would someone want to um, set themselves up for disappointment again and so when he asked again and by then I could feel all this pain like just welling up inside of me and he's like God says he understands, but he said, will you trust him? And um, I remember like when I was like, when I said yes in my heart, simultaneously, he said to me, he's like, God says, thank you. So as soon as like I had said yes in my heart, he said that, I just felt all this pain just like, boom, just released, like gone. And then I just, like, you know, I thought I was sulking before, mate. I just, like, I couldn't breathe. Like, I was weeping and I was just like, what is going on? And I could feel, like, you know, all this, like, warmth running, you know, warm, fuzzy feelings. I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, um, yeah, and I couldn't breathe. I went down the back. And then, um, yeah, Richard, like, he's like, there's someone here. You know, there's someone here. Your name is Agnes, but you get called Aggie. And, um, yeah, and I was just like, oh, what is this? Like, And he called me up again and 
what like you know i didn't so know that he didn't know that like that no. was, wow i think that's what spun like i was already yeah. tripped like you know because some guy i didn't know was telling me my whole life story wow you know and then for like richard to do that and i'm like heck man and um yeah then he spoke over me again and um i just remember going home and i just fell on my knees and just apologized like to my parents um and my family, because my family was there, which was the initial reason why I took off. Like, because I was like, oh, family's here. They're just going to blame me for everything. You know, I'm going to um, I'm gonna take off. Like, um, I don't want to be around them. Like, but yeah, I remember going home and just apologising to them. And like, the next day I woke up and um, I had no cravings for any of the drugs that I was on. Like smoking, alcohol, um, and it just like is radically like God, you know, and even like the lust issues that I had, like, um, yeah, God had just taken them all away. And I remember ringing the church and I was like, I need a Bible, like, I need a Bible, like, please tell me, like, and by then I was working in uh, Parramatta at QBE for sales, and um, it was funny because like they were like, smoke air break, I was like, no, no, I don't smoke. And they're like, what? You just smoked last Friday. Like, <laughs> heck, man, it's Tuesday. Like, you can't just quit. Like, you know, and I was like, no, no, man. You don't understand what happened to me, man. Like, Sunday I went to church and Jesus, and they're like, oh, here you go. The <laughs> Jesus thing. And I was like, no, nah, I'm all right. So, yeah, I remember just getting a Bible and just, like, thrashing it, eh? Like, every break I had, every, um, just any time, like, you know, if I wasn't driving, any time, like, that I had, I was like, no, I need, I need this word. I need to get into it. I need to get into it. So, mm. yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, be, wow. Um, Ten years this year. So yeah, sorry. I would like went around the whole world. No, that's perfect. That. That's really, <laughs> really beautiful story. Mm. It's crazy, eh? It is. It definitely is. Wow. And so following on from that was obviously it was a big moment mm. of, of revelation and touching yeah. your heart. What did the kind of follow up of that look like with your family and, and your lifestyle? And Yeah, well, lifestyle definitely changed. Mm. Um, like I remember the following week we had a party like um, so my friends, you know, um, they're like, oh, yes, and it was a party that we'd been talking about for ages, like every drug under the sun available, you know, drinks stacked up in the whole route, like, you know, anything you needed just, you know, just to get on that buzz. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go. Like, and I remember going, and my friends, like, dead set all night, were like, come on, Aggie, yeah, punch this, do that, snort this. Like, I just kept saying no. I was like, no, don't need it, don't need it. And then, like, I remember one of my closest friends, like, after she'd offered me, like, about 20 times, she's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, by now, like, you would have had half the stuff here, like, you know, and you would have smashed it. Like, you know, she's in, you know everyone knows that you're, like, you know, the best party animal, like, always having, you know, but you haven't touched anything tonight. And I was just like, you don't understand. I said, I don't even know what's happening. Like, I said, but Jesus, he's real, man. Like, he's alive, like... I never knew this, like, and I can't believe it, like, and they were just like, oh, okay, you know, like some of them would hear me out, and um, whereas others would be like, oh, you're annoying me, you know, um, 
but I think that lifestyle change is one of the best things ever because growing up in the amount of crap that I went through and um, you know just rough like you know I know my parents did their best you know but growing up was rough like um, I never thought I'd make it to 30 you know like let alone 21 like when I hit my 21 I was just like 21st when I hit my 21 it's great England for you <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah I was like oh wow because when I'd left school about yeah, a year later like and then three years in a row I'd lost like three best mates like one of them had OD'd you know one of my closest friends like she'd OD'd like you know young and I was just like heck and I'd made this vow that okay cool I'm not going to do anything because of them and then at 21 I got back on it and just went hard out and yeah but I think um, I never ever thought you know because when you hear Jesus and you hear stories you're like bro those people are crazy but when it happens to you nothing can take that away like I love that people um, people try and say oh but this says that this is that I don't care nothing will ever take away what I've experienced with God and so when I read like in his word like you know read the Bible and I see that he's actually written stuff about it I'm like heck it's true like you know he's a God who knows exactly what I'm like that I like you know yeah I like to experience stuff but then he shows me he's like hey look this is what it means you know and I love that like you know that he's been so gracious like despite all the crap that I've done you know like um just everything ruining my soul and um, my spirit and stuff and but you know even because I used to we used to have a drug deal out west and you know no matter what I've done I just love that God's like hey forget that look at me you know I've placed you in in a community like you know at this church where there's other people who are human as well you know and are on the same journey just looking to um, see what I'm like and you know how you can live your life the same way and not have to go through all that pain and suffering from stupid decisions eh? so yeah I hope that makes sense absolutely <laughs> thank you for sharing it so good yeah, I just think, oh, man. Like, lucky is an understatement. Like, honestly, Rach, I never, ever thought. Like, I'm, when I say I'm 35, I'm just like, heck. And it's funny because, like, kids can be like, oh, you're so old, like, <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah, damn, yeah, yeah. I said, you know, to you, I am old, but... Um, I said, if you're ever as cool as me at the age of 35, then come talk to me. Like, you know, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, yeah, and they're like, go away. And I'm like, and I just think, you know, that's his grace. Like, that's his love. Like, um, yeah, you, you can't explain it. Mm. Like, you can't. Like, and so, like, when people come and talk to me and they're like, oh, how'd you get through it? And I'm just like, just got to believe, eh? Like, because so many things, like, I think I, I, I laugh because after I gave my life to Christ, I was like, all right, cool. That means, like, now I'm going to get our big house. Mm. And, you know, you know, you have an endless supply of money in your bank. And, <laughs> you know, like, you get that Ferrari. But I was like, I never wanted a Ferrari because I probably won't fit in it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I was just like, that's the way it is. But, but it's not like that. Like, it's heart matters, mm. you know? 
like it's hard like God changes your heart and when you think it's like material things that you need he shows you actually it's more quality things like Mm. yeah I don't know if that makes sense but it's so hard to explain it no you're doing good but it's for everyone eh? and that's the thing like it's for anyone everyone doesn't matter anyone who believes so cool yeah so cool you talked about yeah experiencing stuff Mm. but then also reading it and having god explain it and all that so is that how come you went into study theology yeah um it's funny because i was working in like i said before i was working in qb in um sales and stuff and uh just after i gave my life to christ like that was september 2006 um my mom had been pestering for years like study aggie you should study and because i failed high school academically i was like nah deep down inside i was like too dumb can't do it not gonna bother but then in january 2007 i was on you know i was on the internet looking at different colleges and um yeah the like the college that i decided to come with i was like oh wow so i went to c3 bible college and i was just like you know what i just need to apply and if you know if it comes through it comes through and then it came through and i think my work was shocked that i was resigning <laughs> they're like what are you doing what's wrong with you like man this jesus thing has really gotten to your head eh? like and i was just like nah man i gotta do it you know and so i guess that's where um in those years i just felt like yeah god was relaying like a foundation for me in my heart and just showing me that you know it's not about me but it's about what he's doing you know and why he created me so it was awesome like not that i like theology or not that i like studying but it really really helped me just show me how real how true how powerful god's word is like when you open up your bible and actually believe in it you know and that's the thing i love about it because it's so simple like you know people like oh can't does you just like just believe just believe it man you'll see it come through if you keep believing that's all it takes eh? so now i've got a piece of paper no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) but it's fun he's the bomb And so you've come to, well, quite some time ago now, start working for the church Mm. and um, in youth ministry, as you spoke about. Can you tell us about that journey? Yeah, that's funny because, so for Bible college, Mm. we had to do uh, an assessment where we had to go and serve in in a ministry. And it was funny. I remember my lecturer was like, go and find your youth pastor. I was like, what? the heck is the pastor like I was like <laughs> what are you going on about like he's like you got a youth pastor they'll do a youth night I was like what's a youth night mm. he's like just go back to your church look for your youth pastor and um, yeah they'll tell you so I came back and I was looking for the youth pastor and obviously it was clear back then and I was just like oh hey how you going my name's Aggie I'm studying here and I've been coming to this church for a little bit but um, yeah, I have to do this assessment. Like, I got to do it for six weeks, and then yeah, I'm done. I can just you know. <laughs> and it was funny, like, because when I first started talking with Claire, Claire was like, "Well, you're gonna stay here, 
after six weeks, you watch. You're going to love it. You're just going to keep coming and you're going to be here for a while. Like, you're going to be one of those leaders that just, you know, will, like, impact kids for generations. I was just like, okay, who's this little lady? She's, she, like, talks heaps, like, you know. But, but I loved it, like. And so as I did start coming, and it was funny, like, I think after the second week, I was just like, man, I love it. Like, I was just like, heck, look at this place, like. And it's funny because a lot of my uh, relatives and that, so I was doing Bible college and then I also started volunteering like because Claire was like, oh, come and do this, come and do that. I was like, cool. Um, but a lot of my relatives and, yeah, other people that I started meeting, they're like, oh, wow, you're so good with the kids. I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything. I'm just talking to them, you know, that's it. And So it's funny how things that you don't see, other people call out of you. Yeah. And then you're like oh, wow, I actually can do this, you know? And that self-belief starts to build more and you're like, oh. And then when God says, you know, I already put that inside of you, but he just had to put it in the right context for it to grow. You're like, oh, sick. So, yeah, it's been a while now because I even started volunteering teaching scripture. And then from there, just walking around at lunchtimes, recesses, talking to kids. And it's funny because then the kids thought I worked there and they'd go to the office and ask for me. And they're like, mm, no, it doesn't work here. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, but, um, yeah, eventually, like, church, you know, started paying me because I used to just volunteer for a while. And then the schools, like, if they knew there wasn't available funding, they'd fund me for an extra day. And then from there, it's just growing, eh? Like, two other schools now. So, yeah, I love it. Like, even if I wasn't in the schools, like, I used to walk around the community here I walk around the shopping centre and just meet the kids and, you know, I reckon kids just need someone who will hear them out. Yeah. You know, someone just to know that, you know, um, that they care. Like, it's not my saying. You know that saying that um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care? Mm. You know, like, I love that because, you know, nowadays people can just walk past people and shrug them off. But I reckon, you know, kids get shocked most of the time. If you smile at them, they're like, because <laughs> they're not used to adults smiling at them. Or mm. yeah, so it's lots of fun, very challenging, mm. but I absolutely love it. A eh? like it teaches me and challenges me every day, like just to depend on God because we I do deal with a lot of crazy cases. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they're pretty heavy, but just give it to him, eh? And teams, do everything in teams. Yeah. So, yeah. I know you have to be confidential and things, but are you able to talk about any particular stories or cases that are Um, really significant? I think... I'm trying... That sounds like a job interview question, right? You know, when they say, can you give us one example of when you... (laughs) What are your strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, yeah. And then you say, like, oh, Lloyd, can you give us an example? And you're like, no. In your head, you're like, no. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, there's been a lot like I think um, I think the thing that I love the most is uh, just seeing kids actually support and get behind other kids mm. you know what I mean so there was a case where um, it was of like a sexual nature and um, just violated like you know poor but like poor kid was violated sexually and but just seeing like their friends 
get around them and support them and say, hey, you know, like we got you no matter what. Mm. We're going to support you and love you. And, you know, and I think when kids can capture that love and support, caring like a compassionate nature, not just empathy of like, oh, I feel sorry for you, but compassion, like actually acting upon it and doing something at that age, I think it's a beautiful thing. And even seeing like, um, um, you know, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, like just getting up and saying, hey, I'll get behind you. Like, hey, this is a new person. And they're like, oh, cool. I'll show you around. Like, it's just little acts like that. Mm. You know, little acts of kindness that I, that I love that inspire me every day. And because there's a lot of crap that happens, but you can't keep looking at that. Like, you've got to focus and just be like, oh, wow, that kid's amazing. Or, you know, this kid's done that. And yeah, there's lots of little things that happen all the time. Mm. But, um, yeah, I can't really remember any at the moment, Rach. <laughs> That's cool. So you recently lost a good friend who passed away from cancer and she was not only a good friend but someone who was incredibly dedicated Christian who was doing a lot of good work for the gospel and for the poor. So it can be really hard for people to grapple with how God could allow something like that to happen. And it's also really tough for close friends as well. Are you able to talk about that experience for you and how you've coped with it mm. and what you've learned? Um, so if you're listening, he was a great friend of both mine and Rachel's. Yeah. And she was amazing. She was. Um, yeah, incredible, incredible woman. Um, no one like her because she was, yeah, definitely one of a kind. Um, yeah, I guess we used to talk about it like, and it's funny, like, because, like, you know, being in, the, in those last few months and um, she asked me, she was like, oh, are you okay talking about all this, like, death stuff? And I was like, what? She's like, oh, you know, just me talking about my funeral. And I was like, yeah, man, because I was like, technically everyone's dying. And she's like, oh, thanks. And I was just like, well, it's not my fault you're in a rush. Like, and she was just like, go away. Like, she's like, that's all right. She goes, that's, that's why I'm Jesus' favorite. He wants me sooner. And I was like, oh, okay. But um, I think, yeah, like I said, you know, technically everyone's dying, but mm. I love that she's left a legacy of Christ, you know, and at the end of the day, it's like part of my thing is like, I can talk to you about Jesus, but if my behavior doesn't reflect what I believe, then what's the point? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It just means nothing. Um, and I, you know, yeah, I could have got angry, and but I think that journey like was so beautiful. Like watching your best friend, like you know, one of your best friends, um, you know, take her last breath. You know, um, to be honest, like my first thought was like, wow, like I was, you know, I was crying and I was like, I can't believe I get to witness this. Mm. I can't believe like I'm here, like you kind of knew. And um, but I remember telling like, you know, and that was my thought. I was just like, heck, God, you really are the creator of heaven and earth. And you are in charge of our breath, like of life and death. And, you know, so that's what I'm, you know, I'm crying and I'm just looking and I'm like, ah. And my second thought was like, 
um, I actually wanted to scream out and say, no, don't go. I was just joking, you know, like, stop, you can't go, like, I need you here, you know. Um, but what I realised was in that moment was that um, that it's it's really not about us. Like, we're just vessels that, that carry the love of Christ and um, to be able to do a journey with such a beautiful person, you know, I'm not going to say she was perfect because she wasn't. She used to tell me she was. <laughs> she did. Yeah, she told everyone she was and how awesome she was. Um, but end of the day, you know, the one thing that she wanted was for her life to reflect Christ. And it's not until someone, you know, passes away until they're gone that you actually realise, you're like, wow. And so for me, like, to see the the impact, the ripple effect that it's had on other people, I'm just like, wow, mm. what an inspiration. Yeah. What a motivation. Like, yeah. you know, um, you know, like, I miss her yeah. because it was so much that we used to share and um, the work we did was similar, you know, um, and she'd always, you know, speak life and call life out of me and check and make sure that I was doing okay, you know, like family, church, work. Um, but I know that she's in a better place. And the best part about it is that when I die, I get to see her again, you know. Yeah. And that's the hope that we have in Christ. Like, um, I remember I um, I was telling her, I went to, I was going to hospital one day and um, I read her a, a text um, that my niece one of my nieces had a dream and um, she said she said Gail would come over to her house and I was reading it to Gail and I was like um, and she was like oh she'd come to her house to look for you to say thank you for everything and she's like but I told her you weren't home and then she asked me do I want to go to the park and um, I said yeah 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 and we went to the park and it was so beautiful like this is my niece like She's like, the flowers were all different colours of the world that you could imagine. And they were all singing. And the trees were so beautiful, like so many different colours. And there was a really blue, shiny river in the middle, just flowing. like. And then all God's glorious creatures just walking around, like, you know, worshipping. And, and Jesus was in the middle. And there was a table there as well. And, um, there and then she said and then I came home and when I told that to Gail like I was like that's heaven mm. that's where I'm going wow. that's where I'm going Aggie so cool like that's and I was just like yeah man I was like it's gonna be so cool like she's like look at the peace like that's where I get to go wow I'm ready like I want to go you know and to hear that you're just like wow that's amazing like you know, incredible just to be able to get to that place of like, heck, you trust God so much with all the people that you love here that you're like, heck. And then just to think, man, that's our reward as well, you know. And it, even though, like, Gail did so much, I love that God's like, hey, it's not even about the work you do, 
you know mm. it's just about sharing me to others and so yeah you know like you could get angry you could but what's the point man that's the hope when you're anchored in Jesus like you know well, I'll get to see her again and of course we're going to have our banter and mock the <laughs> heck out of each other like you know but uh, that's yeah man it's it's something that I'll definitely carry for the rest of my life like but I'm going to let it inspire me and encourage me and you know I'm not going to let let it get to me in the wrong way mm. you know but just deal with it and I think um, one of the best things was just being in this community as well like you know, there were two other people, um, Lou and Wendy, who helped out a lot and being able to share this journey with them as well. Mm. And Kathy as well and Richard, like, yeah, it means a lot just being able to, you know, walk this journey with other people. Mm. So, yeah, I hope that makes sense. It does. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, good. So I'm wondering, Aggie, if you can talk to us about if there's been a particular Bible verse or Bible story that's mm-hmm. been significant in your journey yeah um nah <laughs> <laughs> nothing comes to mind yeah <laughs> Jesus no no um oh yeah definitely Jesus but Paul I think Paul saw mm-hmm. Paul conversion Acts 9 yeah definitely you know from someone being a murderer and then being used so powerfully and um incredibly by God like shows his grace um mm. but yeah i think so many like i could just go on and on and but i think that's a thing not it's fine more finding i think what i love the best about the bible is instead of just adapting myself to one character i love that no matter what i'm going through because life always changes and circumstances change, I can open up my Bible and find someone that, you know, that's going through similar things and then and then I try and suss out how did they get through it, mm. you know, what did they do to get through it and um, but if all else fails, I just go to Psalms, have a good cry and I'm like, yeah, 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 and then it's like, oh, yeah, that's right, back to God. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> like, oh, God, why can't you just, you know, smother them and do this and <laughs> but then you're like, oh, yeah back to you God and you just remember do everything out of love eh? does Mm. that make sense yeah yeah so I don't know I just love seeing you know even though you've read it the thing that I love about the Bible is that you can always 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 find something new Mm. that's gonna you know give you new revelation and just help you with whatever it is you're going through sneaky God (laughs) (laughs) are you able to sum up for us what it is you believe and and Mm -hmm. how that forms your worldview cool um yeah so i believe in jesus i love jesus jesus is the beginning um i guess to knowing more of god and his holy spirit um and it's about that i know like people say it all the time but it's actually about relationship you know, like having someone who knows and understands what you're going through every day, every minute, no matter what comes at you, no matter what changes, having that relationship with Jesus and just talking to him and then just listening to him, being guided by his word, is what helps me get through every day. Um, 
one of my favorite favorite verses is um colossians three seventeen. it says um and whatever you do whether in word or deed do all in the name of lord jesus giving thanks to god through him um so yeah like let your behaviors speak more than you believe or i also love that other saying um preach the gospel wherever you go and if necessary use words like you mm. know some people get iffy about that because they're like no the gospel's got to be preached all the time i was like yeah but what if you couldn't talk how would you do it you know mm-hmm. um but yeah just loving people like with grace and truth i think is a good thing and you know like that universal one that everyone says um treat others the way you want to be treated but then yeah loving the lord your god with all your heart mind body and soul and loving others as you would yourself i think great <laughs> and so what are your hopes and dreams from here on oh just get rich or die trying boom <laughs> <laughs> After all that, mate, fitty sand up in here. <laughs> Sorry, it's been an egg. Um, hopes and dreams, just to, you know what, take one day as it is. Take each day as it comes. I was, yeah, live every day as if it were your last day and make people smile. I'm going to finish studying because um, I'm doing my second degree mm-hmm. in social work. So I'm doing a social work degree and I want to I'd love to get into more high schools mm-hmm. I'd love to create a program that um not just works with youth but a program that works with youth and family mm. because what happens is we have a lot of programs that work with the youth but then we send them back into the same environment yeah but what we don't realize is that it's got to go hand in hand you mm. know what I mean so they all got to be on the right page instead of like, yeah, putting so much pressure on a little kid to try and, you know, work out these things in the same environment when really what we should be doing is trying to help all parties, like transform their mind and yeah. know that all things are possible. And yeah, they're just little things I have, like probably still work on my tan, Rach. <laughs> it should be good and just love my family, love my friends. Yeah, nothing too serious. And if that all fails, then get rich or die trying. No, I was kidding. That's <laughs> so bad, eh? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, keep it simple. Smile, love people. It's good. Sparrows and Wildflowers is brought to you by Victory One Media and hosted by Rachel Simpson with artwork by Nicola Gibb.